0: Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be talking about season two of Hacks. We are joined today by co-creator, co-showrunner, executive producer, writer, and actor, Paul W. Downs, co-creator, co-showrunner, executive producer, writer, and director, Lucia Anielo, as well as co-creator, co-showrunner, executive producer, and writer, Jen Statsky. And for all three of you, I wanted to start by asking a little bit about the, the development process and, and structuring out all of the episodes in season two, because you spent several years working on the original genesis of the idea when you first made the show in season one Um, and so there were a lot of details that you interlaced into the pilot episode that really paid off when it came to the finale Um, and because there was a tighter turnaround time going into season two I was interested if you still had that same opportunity to really be arcing out the full season in the same way or if you had to condense a little bit as you were still writing as you went
1: yeah Uh, we that's definitely true. But we, we've also had the luxury of like we came up with this idea in I think 2015. Mm-hmm. So many years ago. In and... middle school.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so we've like been talking about the show and these characters and just different ideas for it for years and years. And so while season one, we were able to like put a lot of thought into it and craft that, there are still like Bits and pieces of things that weren't able to go into season one that we were able to put into season two. So while, yeah, we had a longer time to craft specifically those episodes, there are still things in this season that I think we wanted to do for a long time. Um, But yeah, it was certainly a quicker turnaround this time around.
3: And we also kind of, you know, when we first originally pitched the show, always knew the full story that we were telling. Um, and so for us, the pilot, the first season was really the first chapter and the second season is the second chapter. We do know how it ultimately ends. So for us, I don't think we're like coming, we're, we're never coming into a season with a blank slate. Um, we do, I think in a cool way, know what we want to say with the show and where, where we want to go. But also it's, it's fun to, in the same way that you say, interlace the pilot with the rest of the season we also are trying to interlace season one into season two and beyond. So we always are trying to make things connect and, and have things pay off and build and and make small things in relationships become bigger things. And then bigger things become things that put people in a totally different path. So for us, it really is one large story and each season is just a different chapter of it.
2: Yeah, there are elements of this season that um, you will see in the final season. There are things that we hopefully have set up that we hope to pay off if we're lucky enough to get the chance. If the corporate gods allow.
0: I can't wait to go back and revisit the first few seasons once we get towards that part of the journey. And, you know, one of the things that's really enjoyable in the second season is really pushing both of these characters outside of their comfort zone through taking them on the road, taking them on tour. And did you find that that created a really natural space in order to heighten conflict, heighten tensions? Because even just, you know, if you look at Laurie Metcalf's character coming in as tour manager, you know, that's a natural conflict on the outside and external force that's influencing them, or even just being in such tight quarters on a Bus. Um, and so, did that really help to enhance a lot of the ways in creating new conflict and tension that wasn't just relying on the same way that you developed it in season one?
2: Yeah, we really wanted to kind of reset the relationship because that dynamic of having a nightmare boss who tortures you is something that I think a lot of people can relate to. But we also wanted to deepen their relationship and evolve it. And if you've ever been on a road trip with even a friend, much less a creative collaborator or, you know, a lover, it is, uh, it tests your limits, you know, it really tells you if you are a compatible duo. So um, yeah, putting them on the road and in between major cities in the middle of nowhere, I think for us allowed us to, you know, really get at what makes them tick. You know, they're at their, they're at their brink in many ways and um, they become more vulnerable. And, um, you know, they also are in places that are so desolate, They could easily hide the other's body. So, you know, we're hoping to, you know, uh, add some suspense as well. (laughs)
0: I also love within the dynamic between these two characters that, you know, there is an admiration. There's a lot of similarities that they carry with one another. And so there's kind of an underground love language. They're never going to say these things out loud to each other, but it always exists within the ecosystem of their relationship. And because like you were saying, you had that opportunity to kind of reset and evolve their dynamic in this season. What did you want the aspects of their love language that they never say out loud to kind of continue to grow to be this season?
3: Well, innately because Deborah is on the road and starting from scratch, I think her being really um, <clears throat> kind of dejected as things aren't going well, especially towards the beginning of the season, and Ava kind of repeatedly bucking her up. I think that that's like a dynamic that is new when somebody needs to start over. And I think that if you know Ava wasn't there to constantly say like, "Listen, you need to be doing this," or "I want you to be doing that," and I think you deserve to tell these stories i'm not sure deborah would have ever even done this tour so really the fact that this tour in and, in and of itself is is a love language it's it's deborah saying i trust you to help me with this and for ava it's it's a love language to say i think you deserve better than where, where you've been so so the entire premise is, is almost a, a love language in and of itself
0: I also love getting to watch those snippets of when we see Deborah Vance performing on stage and what's so well written about those instances is we're not getting the full show we don't get kind of the full hour hour and a half to see the entire narrative of what she's creating and yet we get such a sense of it even if we're just seeing her on stage for two lines Um, and I imagine those scenes must be really challenging to write for that particular reason and even there's a moment in this season where it's kind of a montage where we get to see the real development and evolution of the show and so what are the challenges that come with really trying to create these snapshot scenes that really give us such a big picture in the moments that Jean's performing them? Good
2: question. <laughs> great question. All great questions. All great <laughs> questions.
0: Um,
1: yeah, we said this before, the stand-up, I think, in the show is, some of, is probably the hardest part of writing the show for us, or at least for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really challenging to, like, write stand-up that feels authentic and feels authentic to what this character would be doing, But also, like we've always said with the show, it's not what the jokes are. It's like, why is she telling these jokes? And so we always want the jokes to be tied to story and to her character and to what she's going through that way. So in a perfect world, it's working on a bunch of different levels. And so we're always trying to, you know, we write many, many versions of those jokes and trying to beat them and trying to make like. Yes, this is funny, but does this feel like the old Deborah versus the newer stuff that she should be doing? And also, how does it tie into the story we're trying to tell? Um, you know, there's a joke in episode two, which you seem like where that is very tied to Ava's emotional story and what she's going through. And so, the standup is is challenging, right? Because it needs to work on a bunch of different levels, but also on its own exists just oh yeah, that's a believably funny joke that Deborah Vance, a standup who's been on stage millions of times, would tell.
2: And we also, I think, want to track the evolution of those jokes and the way in which they change and hopefully improve. And it's a really tough needle to thread because you need then to start with a joke that's decent, but not perfect, and then shape it. And so in season, you do see joke, uh, at least at least one joke in particular, you see her do a few different times with a few different punchlines. It's the same setup, but then a different punchline. And so hopefully, it does reflect the real creative process and what goes on when you're a comedian, the way that you um, change things, change a word here, cut one word there, change the timing a little bit. But then I think in episode six, you see her kind of have a breakthrough on stage and you see her deviate from even those punchlines and do crowd work that I think really unlocks a lot of the show for her. So hopefully it is a satisfying experience to see um, what a comic goes through, especially a touring comic on the road, but also, like you're saying you don't just see the full hour yeah <laughs> you know, that would be kind now. of quite boring yeah exactly <laughs> you could watch it you could watch someone else's hour if you want but this is a show about the moments on stage yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and Jen was mentioning there the authenticity of character. And, and one of the things that I love in the writing of this show is that every single scene and every single detail has so much care paid to it in terms of what are the tiny details that we're learning about character along the way. So even when, um, you know, Jean goes into a bar and orders a white wine instead of a martini, it makes sense for her as a character. And it tells us a lot about her journey, her experience, where she's like, you can't trust them to make a martini. The white wine's better because it's refrigerated, so she's been through. She's tried all those things. Um, and I love all those tiny details that you manage to give us. And so when you're working on scenes, how are you always looking for the ways in which you can just dive a little bit deeper and give us even more in insight into each of them? Yeah, that's really about, I think comes from, well, a lot of those details come
3: from people we know um, who have lived those lives. Like I believe that Of wisdom is from Paul's friend's mom. That's right, Nancy Pollock. Shout out to Nancy (laughs) Pollock. So, you know, like I think that we can't always like say, well, here's where this, you know, piece of, you know, point of view comes from. But sometimes it is. Like, I think, for example, when Deborah's talking about sunglasses and how to find the right sunglasses <laughs> for your face. Like <laughs> that's something I think about a lot. <laughs> so I'm like, You know, I think it's, it's yeah. like funny when we have specific points of view or some of uh, our writing staff has specific points of view or consultants or, or Gene, um, you know, has a specific point of view or whatever it is. We love to find these little nuggets that we think say something about, about a person. And then if it makes sense for a specific character, then we give them, that hopefully gift, um, because I think you're right, it does say a lot with a little if if you're able to do that.
2: And that was something that we, you know, were excited to do on the road because there are these tips and tricks that someone like Deborah would know that speak to her history. Mm -hmm. But also I think, you know, that I think speaks to the fact that it's not just a relationship based in their profession. It's not just about comedy writing. It is a real mentorship in the way that it's about, Life and living your life, and how to live your life the way that they think is best. And so, you know, hopefully that also um, deepens their relationship, those tiny little things that Deborah teaches Ava, and also that Ava influences in terms of Deborah and her life.
0: And with that, within that idea as well of the fact that these are two characters who are both kind of evolving from the things that they learn from one another, the show never shies away from the generational divide and the difference in their life experiences between them and also with the industry. And yet you also find a way in which they both approach it and they both kind of bring things to the surface and bring things to the forefront of conversation without it ever feeling didactic and it ever feeling preachy. Um, and I was interested in, in how you approach that specific challenge when you started working on the show of, of bringing those sorts of things up bringing them into the conversation and having it feel very natural to character
1: yeah I mean we talked a lot about that part of the show and never wanting either of these characters to be too didactic or one is always right and the other is always wrong because I think there is maybe a version of the show which doesn't feel great which is about a kind of more stereotypical like boomer versus zoomer and they're speaking in in kind of these stereotypes. And and that's just didn't feel for us. Like we always write from a a place of wanting these characters to feel really real. And we don't feel that that's how people are in real life. And so like you're saying, like it's all about like where they meet in the middle that like they're both right and they're both wrong and they're somewhere in the middle ground where they can learn from each other. And that's kind of where the show lives and thrives i think and so yeah it's very intentional that we never wanted to feel like one character is always right and one character is always wrong it's a it's a constant balance that is is shifting depending on whatever they're talking about or doing
3: and we're also always kind of fine-tuning it too like even in the writing on set in the edit we're always kind of making tiny trims and making sure it doesn't ever you know like it's it's constantly whittling it down to to feeling like it is the, the right balance but we don't we, didn't, we don't like show up on day one of the writers or being like, here's the perfect balance. You know, yeah, something yeah. that we're always talking about with big choices and little choices.
0: And one of the gifts, obviously, in going into a second season of a show is knowing the characters yourselves even more intricately, but also knowing how the cast play them and, and live and breathe them off the page, you know, and that's something that it feels like you've always been very conscious of from the beginning. I mean, Meg Stolter is a great example of a character where you really wrote to her strengths as a comedian and a performer. Um, what's been the evolution in the way that you feel that you've been able to write these characters for your cast, having gone through a whole season with them and really seeing what they they do with them
2: yeah we you know only had gene attached to the show when we wrote season one and so and um oh and me um
3: <laughs>
2: i'm really learning what my strengths are I'm um, uh, no i'm spoiled and i'm very lucky that um both jenna and Chia really helped me um, be my best self um but in terms of the cast we really i think learned a lot about their strengths and hopefully we were able to write things that allowed them to shine. Because the show obviously is a character study of this woman, Deborah Vance, but it really is about her ecosystem and we really care a lot about the ensemble. And there are so many talented people on this cast that we really wanna make sure that they each have their moments and they get to shine. And and it was, I think, um, a really fun season for us because we were able to write, um, I think, more specifically and uh, more knowingly toward all of our and cast.
0: And do you feel like you've also found more of an adeptness when it comes to the tonality of the show as well in a similar way? Because it's, it's something where every single individual scene has so many different dynamics happening within the same moment. You know, I think I've heard, heard you describe it as like you can make laugh, someone laugh and then break their heart the next minute. And that's really what this show does in every single instance. Um, and have you found the interweaving multiple tones within a singular scene as something that you've developed even more of a skill set for through working on this show? Yeah. I mean, I think we're always trying to write things that are just true to life. And so for us,
3: I think life is all of these things. It is really funny and really sad and really boring and really exciting. Like sometimes all in the same moment. Um, so for us, like, I think we are always trying to, to reflect that, um, kind of what is the word, but all the, when it doesn't make sense, but it does, whatever. Uh, we're trying to always just deliver that um, to to the audiences. Like, that. this is what life can be like. And I think also, you know, we try our best to make sure that it feels like the characters are always in the moment, but also like, you never can even predict what their dynamics are gonna be. And so sometimes we're just wanting to make sure that the tone is both something you know that you've seen on Hacks, but also stretches it. So. Like this season, we have some episodes that maybe are a little bit broader than something that we maybe did in season two, but also some that might be more, I don't know, quiet or something. Like we know we want to replicate the tone, but we also want to make sure that it feels fresh and new. And like, you're not just getting the same thing over and over. So um, that's again, something that we're just constantly talking about and trying to make sure that you don't ever know what you're going to get.
2: Yeah, but I think, think, like you say, the tone, that we were striving for. You never know if it's gonna work, especially in a season, a first season. And so the fact that people did respond to this tone that was dark and also funny did give us, I think the liberty to to really push into that and go deeper into that and continue doing that because it's what we love to watch. Mm
0: And lastly, I wanted to ask you about one scene in particular, which is Deborah Vance on the lesbian cruise ship singing Natural Woman. And oh. I was just interested in like where the <laughs> genesis of that came from and that specific song choice. Because again, going back to what you were saying earlier, Paul, about different different ways that you deliver something can make a scene so different. Depending on what song you've done, that scene could have been so many different things. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: that's so right. And that I think actually hopefully speaks to the tone of the show, and that was a song that was really difficult to figure out. Yeah, because we didn't want it to be a parody. You know what I mean? We didn't want it to be right. jokey.
1: There were a few songs we talked about that felt like it would be too jokey, on and the nose. not exactly yeah, or on the nose. Like that's not the, exactly what the moment is. So that was a very kind of tricky figuring out what that mm-hmm. song would
3: be. And of course, like the jokes in the show, the song is about Deborah and where she is in that moment in the story. Like it's yeah. it's connected to story. Which is that she's realizing how some people can make her feel, <laughs> um, and so and that and she's realizing that, and so um, yeah, we're trying, we try to make all of our choices be about you know the character and where they are in that story and that season and that journey in general. So it's hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to
3: do we're trying to do good all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it absolutely works and paid off. It's one of my favorite scenes of the season so far. Oh, that. Everything that you've done thank for season two. Thank you so much for talking about the show. really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Thank you for your fun really it. Yeah.